November 21, 2023. It's a Waffle Pete Rose Show. <laughs>
Watt for Pedro okay. Show. Happy Tuesday, I guess. We started the show off with Mr. PC, a live excerpt from Birdland, March 2, 1963. John Coltrane with his classic quartet. Then we had Divine Horseman with Garden and Night. And uh, even with all the hells and perils of using technology, I do have Julie Christensen. Where are you talking to me from, Julie? Um, we're actually here in Burbank, beautiful downtown Burbank. Valley. Okay. In, in the valley. Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> Come on. I have a lot of fucking perk lives in the valley. I mean, a lot of good people in the valley. Yes. Yeah, you so, know what? You know what Sly Stone said? Sly Stone said, it's not where you're from. It's where you're at. Okay. <laughs> it's where you're at. Because a lot of times um, people don't get to pick that. Anyway, yeah. I wanted to... Uh, Get into your journey through music. I've known you a long, long time, but I don't know how you got into it. So why don't you please bring your earliest musical recollection? Um, let's see. I think we played with the Minutemen. No, I'm talking about uh, you personally, your earliest musical recollection. Like some people have told me they oh. heard stuff inside their ma. <laughs> I probably did because she was a church organist for whatever uh, Protestant church needed a needed an organist, and um, uh, but my earliest recollection recollection probably is church, you know. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I was going to say Carnival yeah. Carnivals of Souls. You know that movie? <laughs> There's an organ player in that one. Uh, <laughs> I think that lady only made that one movie, and and the guy who made it too. I I think he's the creepy dude. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so probably showed me that movie. You know, a lot of uh, rock and rollers come out of the church. You know, do they? Yeah, Elvis Presley. Yeah, and Little Richard. A lot of people they learn. I think church singing is more unbridled, more uh, like a let the freak flag fly kind of mode. Sometimes, yeah. some, everybody has different experiences. But I know there's a lot of early rock and roll in the church, so there's no no problem. And also yeah. reading these books on uh, John Coltrane and. Uh, a, a lot of jazz, a lot of people, music generally, there's church stuff. Uh, so uh, let me ask you this. Your mom played organ. Was there organ in the house she grew up in? No, there was a piano. And um, uh, Did you and, jump on that? Well, um, you know what? We used to sit next to each other and play that through that uh, Judy Collins songbook. And it had a bunch of Leonard Cohen stuff in it. And uh, uh, well, let me ask you, you know, this: so Did you have to go through a lot of guests have had on the show? They call the piano lessons almost the thing that made them want to quit music forever. <laughs> well, yeah, I did have a piano <laughs> teacher, and, and you know what? Um, I don't think it's experience as much as the teacher. Some people aren't cut out to do that job. I think she was a man. She was a doctor's daughter, and she was really indignant about having to do it. <laughs> and it, I remember my my uh, hands shaking around, just like me trying to get on this call. My hands were shaking and, you know, performance anxiety. And I, it was just, you know, but I remember hearing, you know, my dad used to collect records. So he would let me stay up late to hear Nat King Cole and Nat King Cole trio. Uh, they had, it was Sweet Lorraine on that record. I think it was called After Midnight. Speaking of records, what was the first record you bought with your own money, Julie? It was at the Hy-Vee food store. I bought the Beatles' second album. And and what was the first gig you saw? Oh, man. Um, 
let's see. Well, in junior high, we had like a little thing at the Y, and um, there was a trio of uh, kids we knew, um, and they played. Uh, oh, what's that Cream song? It has a it has a name that isn't uh, connected to what the song Badge. really says. Badge. Badge. Yeah, it starts with a yes. bass lick, right? Boom, 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 <laughs> yeah. boom, 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 boom. Yeah, she cried away yeah. your life since she fell out the cradle. I think Pete Brown wrote a lot of their words. We lost him last year. They they, oh. they were a band that, yeah, used outside lyric writer. Uh, let yeah. me ask you this. What about at school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or oh, shit like that? Oh, you damn skippy. Yeah, I was in the choir. I was the the main soloist in high school in the choir. I'd come in after lunch, after smoking pot at Maytag Park. I grew up in Newton where they made Maytags, Newton, Iowa. And um, so I'd go in, I'd smoke pot at lunch, and I'd go into chorus after lunch. And I was like the president of the chorus, and he would always let me sing solos. But I know he knew I was, I know he knew. <laughs> you knew that he knew that you knew that he knew. <laughs> I knew. And I'd sit next to Nancy Gauze, who had the biggest tits in the class. And uh, we'd, you know, we'd sing soprano. <laughs> Whoa. Um, it was. <laughs> well, th then your first instrument is probably your voice. Oh, yeah. Well, so, so that I piano played thing. piano when I was a kid. I yeah. played piano and then I played flute. Oh, but everybody did. was playing flute, and so I moved to bassoon. Yeah, I tried to, after playing bassoon, I tried to play um, saxophone for a while. I got a little alto saxophone, but my embouchure was shitty because, you know, you got to put your top lip forward, kind of, you know, buck tooth on a, on a double reed, like a, you know. Talking about, talk about bassoons, you know. Bassoon, yeah. Most of the time you see angels working harps. Go to, have you been to... Barcelona, <laughs> you know the Sagrada Familia thing, uh, Mr. Gotti's. Yeah, yeah. He's still working Gatti. on that. The angels are rocking bassoons, not harps. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I wouldn't shit you. Yeah. And oh, I'll tell yeah, you, Andy well, McKay, to... not, not a bassoon, but a double read. Andy McKay, out of the yeah, blue, Roxy Music. Yeah. Wow. Rocking the fucking oboe. Well, there was a oboe, band called oboe, Griffin. Right? No, but yeah, well, that was oboe, but there was a band called Griffin, G-R-Y-P-H-O-N, that had a um, a lead instrument was the bassoon. Whoa, because, you know, bassoon is <laughs> That bass... was one of the earliest gigs I saw, too. They were opening for Yes. Because they were a bass, cl uh, the bass clef, like the bone. Yeah, in the... yeah. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, not after school graduating, but in the afternoon, did you get into the garage band, basement band, bedroom band thing? You know, my freaking brothers. Can I say the other word? You can say cuss <laughs> as much as the Watford Pedro show. Let the freak flag fly. <laughs> my fucking brothers had a band together with a bunch of Newton kids. They stayed together for nine years. They opened for like, uh, uh, who's that Texas guy? It's, I'm I'm a sinner. I'm a winner. I'm a, you know, whatever. Yeah, Steve Miller. Steve, Steve Miller. He started so he out as a bass kid. player for Boss Cags. <laughs> wow, Dallas I didn't guy. know that. Yeah. Boss Gangs sings jazz now. He's actually a motherfucker at singing jazz. Really? Well, you know, Boss Gang. You know the whole thing about genre. Music is music. Why not? You know, get into anything. Yeah. You, you know, this is one thing that the movement taught me, and I got free of all that shit. It took a long time because it was, uh, yeah, the gulag, the genre gulag in my head. Uh, so, so, so they had a band, but what about you? 
Well, that's what I was going to say. My brothers wouldn't let me in. One of my brothers really wanted me to go ahead and sing in the band. But um, uh, my other brother, the drummer brother, uh, he just he said, girls can't rock. It was one of those kind of things. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did he, ever, he never saw Susie Quattro. <laughs> no, well, he he um, <laughs> he uh, changed his mind later on. You know, he's okay. he's in my corner now. But Dave, my brother, who was like he's like he could play anything. He used to be really maddening. You'd be, uh, you know, talking on the phone and saying something to him, and he'd be noodling all at the same time. And I go, Dave, what did I just say? And he would say, what it, you know, he was just. He's the only one of us with a PhD in pharmacology, Whoa. but, um, <laughs> but he, uh, uh, he wanted me to sing anyway. They let me sit in one time on, uh, you know, it was some Allman brothers tune. Uh, well, I was going to say the, flute, you know, uh, you know, that can't heat song out, uh, take me out to the country. There's flute yeah. all over that motherfucker. I know. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the one about the perverts sitting on the, what was that band? Uh, <laughs> uh, Aqualung. Yeah, yeah, tour. yeah, Jeff Toe. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've, I've lost my memory. See, so they could have fit you in somehow. You know, you could have done a Griffin thing with that. But soon. Well, I want to play some more <laughs> Divine Horsemen. Then we're going to get into Chris's uh, early music trip. Riverside, Thanks, right? Man. Okay, here we go. Yeah, he's Riverside, dude.
And now this message. Cut the Supreme Court. Cut the Supreme Court. Cut the Supreme Court. The coward's last resort. Let's pass my reform retort. Cut the Supreme Court. Who asked their stupid lot? Legal bodies left to rot. Underhanded legal knots. Fucking useless justice twats. Cut the Supreme Court. Cut the Supreme Court. Cut the Supreme Court. The coward's last resort. Let's pass my reform retort. Cut the Supreme Court. Who asked their stupid lot? Legal bodies left to rot. Underhanded legal knots. Fucking useless justice twats. Stupus over supreme land. Bombing right-wing Jesus plans. Make it safe for us again. Eliminate the right-wing hands. They threaten those we love the most. It's time for an elephant roast. You lean right your ass's toast. Wipe the scourge from coast to coast. Fuck the Supreme Court. Fuck the Supreme Court. Fuck the Supreme Court. Fuck the Supreme Court. Oh 
We're swimming in honey, we're floating away, we're swimming in honey, just you and me, and how does it feel when the sun goes down, and how does it feel when we float away above, we're swimming Honey, we're floating away. We're swimming in honey, just you and me. And how does it feel when the sun goes down? And how does it feel when we float away above? We're swimming. Floating away, we're swimming in honey, just you and me. And how does it feel when the sun goes down? And how does it feel when we float away above? We're fooling, fooling into sweet, sweet.
and the sharks She's looking to escape somehow Billy's longing for something in the dark And he's looking for some action now In Hollywood Pedro show that truck of music started off with Divine Horseman doing No Mercy. Hundred Flowers after that long arm of the social sciences. Uh, part seven to ten from Position Normal's new album, Whistle Conversion. Post Homo Hubris Jazz, side three excerpt. Muni Mutations with Fuck the Supreme Court, Guided by Voices, Song and Dance. Kit Grill with Swimming in Honey. And finally, Divine Horseman with These Evils. Okay, Chris D., you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Please hey, bring... Yeah, it's beautiful to get to talk to you and really discuss uh, this uh, divine uh, horseman reincarnation, revitalization. So, yes. But I want to go back way before, you know, even before Flesh Eaters. Uh, of course. Please bring, like Riverside Days, bring back your earliest musical recollection. Uh, well, you know, I... Like Julie, I had to take uh, piano lessons when I was six or seven, and uh, I went to a, a Catholic elementary school, uh, and uh, my piano teacher, after some uh, some days at school, was a Japanese-American nun who had a piano in the convent next to the school, and I would go there intermittently and and take lessons and it didn't last too long because i was so terrible at keeping a rhythm and um 
learning the scales and she was extremely terrifying um <laughs> you know there there's the cliche stereotypical um idea about japanese people's personalities she was just a terror though i mean it was she would lose her temper with me at the slightest instance uh and I, I, you know, admittedly, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I was six. And um, <laughs> I, I, you know, my, my parents even got a piano and, and we had a piano at the house. And um, I screwed around with it, like periodically in grammar school and then in high school. But I never knew what I was doing. I never knew chords, really. I tried to learn, but I could never retain it. But I would sometimes get on the piano and just play um, and come up with different um, musical melodies. And um, of course that was before even cassette recorders. So I didn't never recorded anything. I was, you know, that was lost to the vortex. What, what, yeah, what was and, the first and, record and, you bought with your own money, Chris? Uh, probably, <laughs> Well, ask that question because when you're a kid, you ain't got a lot of money. So I'm I, curious, I, I, what would you spend? Oh on? yeah, you're just loaded with money. Um, well, you know, I I was a huge Rolling Stones fan, but I didn't get any. You know, I really wanted the Rolling Stones did their first American concert at Swing Auditorium in San Bernardino. I remember gigs out in San. That's the first time I went to San Bernardino was to see gigs at Swing Auditorium. Right. Yeah. And of course, I was like, I don't know what I was, how old I was. It was 1964. So I was, I wasn't even, I wasn't even in, uh, it's probably in sixth grade or something like that, seventh grade. Um, and, um, you know, I was too young to go and uh, picked up my, my, my mom and dad wouldn't let me go to see shows until I was 17 uh, by myself. And of course, they were never going to go with me. So it was a non-starter at the Sway Auditorium. But I, the first record I bought, I didn't buy any Rolling Stone stuff, but I did buy, I remember um, there was one year that we were living in Maryland because my dad was a professor and he had a sabbatical where he went to work for one year in Maryland and we we lived for a year in Maryland, and I remember that year, the Beach Boy song "Help Me Rhonda" came out. Oh yeah, and I, I brought I bought the forty five of "Help Me Rhonda." I remember that. Now, now, and did you it, buy it at a drugstore? Because I don't think people realize in the old days you bought forty fives at drugstores. I don't know. There was a big uh, uh, market that was kind of an all purpose. It wasn't really a grocery store, but it was. Uh, called Zayers and it was um, somewhere between Beltsville and Beltsville, Maryland was really close to Washington, D.C. and um, and Silver Springs and uh, Zayers was one of those early uh, shopping center experiences. Maybe Zayers a department kind of store. Like, Zayers was kind of like the Kmart of its day. Yeah, yeah, in okay. The, in the mid-60s and um, it was probably at Zayers, um, but I don't remember buying too many 45s until I was back 
in Riverside when I was in eighth grade. And um, I remember I brought, I, I bought some of Cream's first singles. Um, I think the first I, one was I Feel Free. I Feel Free. I don't think I bought I Feel Free, but I started buying singles when Disraeli Gears came out. Ah, that's a great album. I got Sunshine of Your Love and and it had the the B side was that weird song yes, it, Swab, uh, Swabbler. Or, yeah, but the rainbow has a yes, mustache. Yeah, in fact, a guy Peter Brown who wrote Peter Brown. I was just cream. talking to Julie about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I have definite Pete Brown damage. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a trip, right? Because a lot of you know there was something yeah, about I, rock yeah, and roll. Still, you know his. You know they used to sell rock and roll kind of like a folk thing. Like the guy who sings the song wrote it, so you didn't have this idea of the outside lyricist. Only Cream did that, and I think maybe yeah. uh, ELP yeah, did it with I, Pete Sinfield, maybe PFM, and some of that prog stuff. Yeah, uh, I was actually conscious of Pete Brown writing the lyrics because I remember I loved the lyrics so much and I actually was looking and I said, oh, this some guy is not even in a band. <laughs> and White, White, White Room was the With one black that really got me. Yeah. White Room still stands up to me, for me. I love that song. So, I will wait in um, this place. <laughs> yeah, a, that song still devastates me, but... Um, but you know, uh, my parents—they got a, a one of those console stereos, and it was all inclusive. It had a FM radio. It had a turntable with a multiple, you know, changer where you could stack records, and it also had a reel-to-reel tape uh, recorder. In wow! It. Um, and I, I, I had reel-to-reel. I had. The first four or five Rolling Stones albums on reel to reel tape. Wow! And, you know where I bootlegged them. Basically, I, I, I borrowed them either from friends or, or something, and I recorded them on a because you could record records from your turntable in the console to the reel to reel tape, and I, I did that with, you know, I had a had several Rolling Stones reel to reel tapes that were each a couple hours long. So wow. Um, I was I was really into them. I was really uh, into Steppenwolf. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was really into the Doors. Um, well, know, well the let me ask you this. Films. Let me ask you what I asked Julie. After school, not graduate, but in the afternoon, did you get into the basement band, bedroom band, garage band well, thing? You know, I, I had a band in, uh, I think it was a senior in high school. I had a band for maybe two or three weeks and uh the guys in the band um i was a singer and uh i remember i, I wrote one song with them uh it's called one-eyed woman <laughs> and uh, uh, uh <laughs> and uh i was already doing the kind of screaming vocals i, I was i was you know uh, John Kay from Steppenwolf, and I was already, I think I'd already heard, I might have already heard Safe as Milk by Captain Beefheart, and also uh, this first Stooges album had come out, and I loved that, and um, I was conscious of the MC5, like, they, but Kick Out the Jams was also, 
actually on AM radio in uh, San Bernardino. Whoa! And did this which, did, did this band do got, any gigs? No, no. It was we just a practice a band. Okay. Okay. It was no. It was it was going to be. We we got together to do a battle of the bands, which. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, yeah, I, I do. But look, we're out of time. We're going to have to continue oh. on. We're at the end of the first hour. November 21, 2023. Special guest, Chris D., Julie Christensen. Hold time for hour two. November 21, 2023. Second hour. Watch for Pedro Show.
African head charge and the man called King Ayasoba, African lion.
show start off second hour divine horseman on the wane off air people i was enlightened to the fact that this is the pop song exploratum with the post postamon field 
I think. Something from Independent Project, Bruce Liker uh, label. African Heart Head Charge after that. They ain't played for a while. This is new. Never Regret a Day. Marnie Stern, she's back. One in the same. Jess Joy, her too. Little C. Finally, Divine Horseman. Footprints on the moon. Okay, pick up where we were off there, uh, Chris. Uh, you were going to uh, do a battle of the bands, but the band never made it to the battle? No, no, we didn't. And, and you know, those Battle of the Bands, they would generally have 10 or 20 bands and everybody would only do one or two songs. Right. And, and then they would, you know, I, I, I don't remember how they judged it, if it was audience applause meter or if it was a, <laughs> some judges up there. I guess it varied. I never actually even went to one. I just knew about them and we all wanted to do it. But, and then, but the general consensus was people got sick of my singing so <laughs> okay my, let me tell you about the first time I, uh, the first time i saw you let me tell you what the first time i saw you sing you were a uh, flesh eaters opening up for holly and the italians and i was oh. blown away by your singing but i dug it yeah, yeah. do you remember movie? this gig maybe it no, was at the whiskey was maybe it was at the roxy i don't know where but it was in hollywood and you were opening well, for Holly, Holly and the Italians. The, Holly and the Italians, I remember, but I don't remember ever opening for them. That's that's wild. Yeah, it was a like weird that. kind of thing. There was, it was we call these kind of gigs character builders. There wasn't a lot of folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember. I remember. I, I have a uh, character the size of this country. From I, 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 I like that Holly song. Uh, Tell that girl to shut up. I yeah, they played that. that. I remember they were a trio, and you cats opened up, and it was the, it wasn't the people on the album. You know, the Flesh Eater record. You had guys from X and stuff like this. They weren't in this band. When I saw yeah. the the guys I saw on the record, that's when you opened up for Blurt and uh, Fall. Right, right, right. That was. Um... That was the lineup from the second album, Minute to Price, Second to Die. That was the so-called, um, uh, you know, if I'm going to use the jargon of the mainstream, the superstar lineup. Um, well, that's a good record, man. But the other one's good, yeah. too. But the, there's something about the second one where it's more like kind of a band, I'd say. But the first one's mm-hmm. got a bunch of bitching songs. I, I, and, and I like everybody's performances. It seems like a lot of people from the mass scene. Yeah, well, the first one was real piecemeal, and it was recorded, some of it on four-track. Some of it, uh, Randy Stadola from the Alley Cats, he, he did the four-track stuff. And, you know, he lives um, in Pedro these days. Yeah, yeah. And he got uh, the Alley Cats always, back he's together. Been, he's always been down in that neighborhood. Well, the, uh, originally from Lamita. Well, actually, he La, told Lamita. me. Lamita's where we, rec- we recorded the four-track Yeah, that's stuff. where he had that band, the Hubcaps. But he told me, actually, he's from South Dakota. Oh, and then, then Palos Verdes, then Lamita. Yeah, I didn't know, uh-huh. you know, tangled uh, web we weave, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay, it's kind of piecemeal in that, and, and it seemed like that was one big session for the second one. But uh, what, was yeah. the, what was the gap between that high school battle of the band that never happened and the Flesh Eaters? What happened in, in that gap? Well, you know, I went to, to college, to film school, uh starting in fall of 1970. I started college a little early, 17 years old, because I had started first grade six months ahead of most people, and it had carried over until, you know, each year where I was starting earlier than some of my classmates. Um, So when I was in college between 1970 and 74 I, I i ended up getting a master's too so i didn't really get out of the college system until 
right in 77, um, I had done a, um, MA in film and screenwriting, but, uh, so I'd gone to film school at Loyola Marymount and that was, I had really kind of decided that's what I wanted to do the most. So music was on the back burner, but I did do a talent show at college where me and, and you're talking LMU. Were you uh, hip to KXLU, the radio station? Yeah, I was, but you know, when I was there, uh, KXLU only played rock music on their AM station, which was exclusively relegated to the campus. They had it um, somehow on the wiring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was it was a wire broadcaster. It it was available in all the dorms, right? And there were about five or six. Okay, they didn't have that free form FM radio thing because no, you know they only had classical music on until uh, early 77. Um, in fact, it was the year after I left. Ah, too bad. Where they where they went to rock. Because they, they had the great, and they still do have a righteous station there. Yeah. So so yeah, you, you, you start I, off. I was, I was actually a DJ at XLU oh. when it was AM. Okay. But that was like in the, on the, in the AM days between, I don't know, it's probably between, I wasn't a DJ right away there, but it was like 72, 73, that era. Yeah. And, um, you know, stuff that they didn't have. Like, they used to put out promo records in the hallway uh, outside of the station um, for people to go through and, and take if they wanted because they weren't going to play on the radio. I got um, <laughs> I got Mata Hoople's Brain Capers that way. I got MC5. Mata Hoople's uh, the band I saw at the Swing uh, Auditorium. Oh, okay. By the way. I never saw him there, but I saw him several other places. But um, Yeah. So, so, so tell me, what was the first Flesh Eater gig? First Flesh Eater gig was at The Mask on December 23rd, 1970. And it was uh, Tito Lariva. Plugs. Had the, who already had the plugs simultaneously. He was on guitar. John Ritchie was on bass. And Joe Ramirez from The Eyes was on drums. Yeah. Joe, you know. Joe, sure. Uh, I saw John Bonebreak was, was a drummer when I saw Eyes. Joe and Charlotte was on bass. Right. Right, yeah, and 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 X kind of uh, took him. I don't want to say stole <laughs> uh, DJ from the eyes, but that's how I knew DJ because the first time, actually, a lineup even before the Tito lineup, the first lineup I had, there was a guitar player from my college that I did the very first rehearsal with, and we somebody knew. DJ. That was before he was being called DJ. It was Don Bonebreak. We yeah. went out to their Valley Don's guy, house. right? He's the, he's the yeah. only real Los Angeles dude. We went out to Don's uh, family's house. You know, his parents were already had passed away a couple of years before, and he and his siblings were all living together, and they were old enough to take care of themselves. But, you know, uh, they'd been living together since their late teenage years without their parents because their their parents had died in a car accident or something. But we, so we, we recorded, not recorded, but we rehearsed the very first rehearsal. That was the only rehearsal of that lineup. The guitar player didn't work out. 
um, he was kind of a crazy dude from my college, from LMU. And, um, uh, but that's how I met Don for the first time. That was before I knew about the eyes. I was just starting to go to the mask. I hadn't seen the eyes yet. But somebody, somebody else in the band, maybe it was John, because I think John Ritchie was already playing um, with us, and he might have known Don, or maybe it was Joe. Well, maybe it might have been Joe Ramirez. I don't know. You know what? This um, next song I want to play is really good because it's called Memory Fails.
Watch from Pedro Show at Chuck Music. Start off with Divine Horseman. Last song Chris wrote for the album. I was enlightened with Memory Fails. At Advent after that, False River. Ridge Blore with the wreckage of your presence. Finally, Divine Horseman talking in your sleep again. So, how did the Divine Horseman come together? Divine Horseman came together because I had that lineup. I had a lineup uh, of the Flesh Eaters that actually was the most one of the most consistent lineups that actually lasted a couple of years from 83, uh, no, 82 through 83. And that was the lineup I had after the, the lineup, you know, the, the lineup, the lineup I had with John Doe and Dave Alvin, and D, you know, DJ and Steve Berlin and Bill Bateman. That was just a one record thing. That was the second Flesh Eaters album. The third and fourth album, Forever Came Today and Hard Road to Follow were with this other band. Uh, it was Don Kirk on guitar, Robin Jameson on bass, who I have had a long, long musical association with until he passed away a few years ago. And um, and then Chris Wall on drums. Now, and, now Chris and Robin, they, they go on to the Divine Horseman, right? Uh, not Chris, Robin... Robin was the only carryover from okay. that lineup to Divine Horseman. And, um, uh, but I, I stopped doing that lineup of the Flesh Eaters in late 1983 because I was so burnt out. We were playing super loud all the time and nobody would turn down. And all the dynamics and the songs I felt were getting lost. And I was also getting more into starting to get i was listening to a, a lot of um old school country from the 50s and 60s oh, well was the drummer rex it was rex roberts that's right 50s. yeah yeah my memories my memory fails okay <laughs> it was it was rex not not chris i'm, I'm so sorry but, okay and, and and actually you know there was an intermediary record that was on Enigma called Time Stand Still. It was like a solo album. It was called Christie slash Divine Horseman. And I had I remember met Julie. That. I had met Julie at a session where I was producing a song for Top Jimmy, a country song. It was a cover of Hello Hello Walls, yeah. which I think Willie Nelson wrote it, but it was he was basing it off the fair and young version and, uh, and top Jimmy just get a killer version. And, and Julie was amazing on background vocals. And that was the first time I saw Julie. First time I heard her was at control center studio, which you may or may not remember which oh, sure. was on Western. And, um, that was in like 84 sometime. And I, I late 83. It might've even been late 83. Yeah. yeah. Memory fails. Um, so we didn't. We didn't do. We didn't start recording the Divine Horseman stuff with the time stand still solo, semi solo, semi. I hadn't really decided to make Divine Horseman a band yet. So I had tons of, you know, I, Dave Alvin played lead guitar on a couple songs. John Doe played acoustic guitar on a couple songs. Jeffrey Lee Pierce played lead guitar on one song and piano on another. And Didn't Bill Bateman play guitar? Bill Bateman played rhythm acoustic guitar wow. on three or four songs. He, you know, he plays such good drums on that second record. So, so, yeah. so, so you, you seeing Julie sing for Top Jimmy made you want her to be in the band? 
Yeah, after I saw her, uh, I started formulating the idea of doing the music live at some point, and I asked her to do the solo record with me, and I, I, I ended up having her do duets with me on a couple of the songs, and then she sang back up on some of the others. There was a song I did a duet, a duet with uh, Texacala, Texacala Jones, you know, from Tex and the Horseheads, yeah. and... Um, which Julie did that song when we started doing the band live, you know, she, and, and then Julie, when, once Julie joined the band, Julie and I started a relationship at that point too. And, and once we started the band, it was kind of full born. Julie became more the code lead singer. Um, and it was called kind of even Steven with the vocals. Uh, Do you from, remember you the know, first uh, divine horseman gig? Um, was it Al's Bar? It might have been Al's Bar. I think it might have been yeah. Al's Bar. Oh, anti-club. It or was the anti-club. Anti-club, yeah. It was, um, yeah, and, and uh, everybody said that I Helen. was, you know, that I was the most active uh, singer that ever sang with Chris. You know, Jill, Jill Jordan and people like that kind of stood there. But I was just trying to get out of Chris's way. And Robin <laughs> was on bass? Was was Rex on drums yet? Uh, Rex was on drums. Well, yeah, Rex was on drums by that point. And who was the uh, guitar man? Uh, guitars were, you know, Kerry McBride from the Juju Hounds did guitar for a couple gigs. There was another guitar player, too. Who was it? It was... Um, um, oh, he lives in Portland now. I don't remember who it was. I think the guy I'm thinking of ran that hurdy-gurdy uh, rehearsal studio or something. Oh, Holly Gully. Holly Gully. Holly Gully. That's that was it. Robin James. Oh, that was Robin. Holly okay. wasn't with us yet. It was. But Robin played bass. Yeah. Robin was. Robin was on bass. bass. I remember that. Yes. Great guy. And, I love that guy. Yeah, and he played bass on all the 1980s uh, Divine Horseman stuff that came out through SST. But but you ended up was, with a guitar player that kind of looked like Robin a little bit. Well, there was uh, 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 on on. Uh, yeah, Marshall was only on the band. Marshall never recorded any studio stuff. Well, who was on that first gig? Who no, played? he wasn't. Marshall. No, who, who was on the first I don't gig? remember besides Carrie McBride. She was a guitar player, and then there was another one. Um, God, whoever. Well, the, the guy I remember, he kind of looked like Robin, a little taller. Well, and, uh, you know, for the first, first Divine Horse record was Devil's River, which we recorded. Well, oh, I know. The intermediary guy, there was Matt Lee, who was from the DIs, and he was our guitar player in 1985, and we actually had only one guitar player. I think that's the time. The that was, because we, we shared and, some and, bills you know, together. He, don't, he, don't you remember us meeting in New Orleans? He, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that was, that was after... Uh, that was Peter. That was Peter was in the band by okay, then. Okay, Peter. Okay, Peter. Yes. But you know, and actually, Horseman, I'm not Minutemen. I'm Firehose by that time. Yeah, but uh, the, the Man, you know the we got to apologize to the listeners. All this memory stuff is hard, people. Very embarrassing. We, we play, uh, you know, flesh eaters. I don't think ever played with the Minutemen, but no, no, Divine but, but Divine Horseman did. Yeah, yeah. we played twice with you guys, at least. We I remember played. one was at the Music Machine on the west side. 
Oh, well, that one I don't even remember. But the, what we played once with you at the Lingerie. Absolutely. We played yes. Yeah, another time with you at Fenders. It was John Cale. Right, in Long Beach. In Fen- that's and, right. And Minutemen. That was an epic show. Oh, yeah. you, you yeah, should have been there. You weren't there for the sound check. You should have been there. I got a story about that. <laughs> He did not want to move uh, his piano. He wanted to fight with us so bad. Oh, I remember, no, I remember that. I oh, remember do you that. remember that? that? I remember. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't want to move. It. He yeah. wouldn't move his piano. Yeah, and we were deal. totally okay with that. He was, you big, are. He had a big. He had a big. He had a big grand piano. It wasn't like a stand-up piano. Tune it and bring it in. In fact, that's who he toured um, with with a piano tuner. That's who he was torn with. But by that time, we had the lineup. I'm pretty sure we had the lineup that was on Devil's River. We had Wayne James and we had two guitar players, Wayne James and Cam King. Cam King was a friend of Julie's from Texas who was living in L.A. at the time. Cam King had been um, in a band called The Explosives who had briefly been Rocky Erickson's band. Sure, and, sure. Um, Pearl Harbor, too, so, up in the city. Yeah. So that. Wayne and Cam were a couple of guitar players during that period, during 86. And then um, Wayne left at the end of 86. And Cam also, we always knew Cam was kind of, um, you know, in for a, a short duration. We, we He wasn't really a permanent member of the band. He was in the band for maybe seven or eight months. Didn't Wayne bring Peter in? Wayne brought Peter Anderson, who played on all the stuff from 1987, the Snake Handler album, and then the handful of Sandy P. And then, you know, after the band broke up in late 80, you know, we literally broke up last, it was December of 87, and, um, and there was still an EP to come out. Uh, 12-inch that came out in March of 88, but the band was gone by then, and Julie and I were split up. And then we didn't do Divine Horseman again until um, we were going to do it in 2018 with Robin, but Robin passed away in the summer of 80, uh, 2018, and I was in the midst of doing a reunion of the Flesh Eaters stuff, too, the, the, with the, you know, the John Doe, Dave Alvin, DJ, Bill Bateman, Steve Berlin lineup. And um, so uh, Robin um, was living out near Chris Wall out in the valley uh, in his RV, and um, he had gone to the aid of a woman on the street who was being savagely beaten by another homeless guy was totally psychotic and um he had, uh, the guy whirled around with a, a tire iron and hit robin in the face and robin went into a coma and then he he never came out so um really terrible so that was yeah He's that was a beautiful cat robin was always uh, very yeah. very nice to me always very nice to me that i remember learning about that and it broke my heart Look, Chris, we're yeah. at the end of the and second was, hour. Okay. Uh, November 21, 2023. This is Peter's special guest, Chris D., Julie Christensen. Hold tight for hour three. November 21, 2023. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. I 
did was wrong You had your boat rocking to a sad, sad song Words full of flowers and words full of heart But there is the divine in all things My broken house, my broken plates My broken fingernails Just make love to the next man that I see, the next man that I see. Yeah, I think that I'll just make love to the next man that I see, the next man that I see. I'm not here, that's your atmosphere. Are my scream tethered to routine And I long to leave my body and stalk your dreams Go on to my masterwork The thinking of you The creation of you And who I am as I am 
With her arm upon my shoulder And her cheek against my cheek We used to watch the steamers And the Hathis piling teak Oh, elephants out piling teak In that sludgy, squadgy creek Where the silence hung that heavy You were half afraid to speak Come you back to Mandalay Where the old flotilla lay Can you hear their paddles chunking From Rangoon to Mandalay On the road to Mandalay Where the flying fishes play And the dawn comes up like thunder Out of China across the bay But that's all shoved behind me Long ago and far away And there are no buses running From the bank to Mandalay I'm learning here in London What the ten-year soldier tells If you've heard the East out calling Then you won't hear nothing else No, you won't hear nothing else But those spicy garlic smells And the sunshine and the palm trees And the tinkling temple bells Come you back to Mandalay Where the old flotilla lay And you hear their paddles chunking from Rangoon to Mandalay On the road to Mandalay Where the flying fishes play And the dawn comes up like thunder out of China across the bay I'm sick of wasting leather on these greasy paving stones And the blasted English drizzle wakes the fever in my bones Though I walk with fifty housemaids out of Chelsea to the Strand They talk a lot of love, but what do they understand? Beefy face and grubby hand, oh what do they understand? I'm a neater, sweeter maiden in a cleaner, greener land Come you back to Mandalay Where the old flotilla lay Can you hear their paddles chunking From Rangoon to Mandalay On the road to Mandalay Where the flying fishes play And the dawn comes up like thunder Out of China across the road to Mandalay Where the old flotilla lay With us sit beneath the awnings When we went to Mandalay Oh, the road to Mandalay Where the flying fishes play And the dawn comes up like thunder Out of China across the Somewhere east of Suez Where the best is like the worst Where there are no ten commandments And a man can raise a thirst For the temple bells are calling And it's there that I would be By the old Mumine pagoda Looking lazy at the sea
Pedro Show, start off third hour, Divine Horseman, Next Man I See, Anti-Industry after that, Divine Soul, no, Soil, <laughs> almost the same thing, J.D. Pincus, Tall Tall Trees with Fungal Mountain Breakdown, Benedict Edwards, Mandalay, and finally Divine Horseman again with It's Still Nowhere. So tell me about this new album we're playing these songs from. Okay, so we, you know, we had uh, we had recorded the album before this one, uh, "Hot Rise of an Ice Cream Phoenix," which was the reunion album. Uh, we recorded it late 2019. Uh, it was with Peter Andrist and and um, uh, our ba- our new bass player Bobby Permanent, who's one of Peter's uh, longtime friend they have a rehearsal studio they rent together and they're they're symbiotic in terms of guitar and bass they were perfect fit and um and then we brought in um dj from x to do the drums um just on the the records and he you know we tried to get that that hot rise and ice cream phoenix album out but it was right at the beginning of the pandemic and we had trouble getting a label um and finally, towards the end of 2020, we met uh, Larry Hardy. I didn't really, I wasn't familiar with In the Red Records. And Larry Hardy was a huge fan of the Flesh Eaters and Divine Horsemen. And he he wanted to do the album unheard. He just said, oh, yeah, definitely. And then I sent it to him and he, he loved it. And then we, that was a double album of vinyl and CD. And then we... We uh, made plans to do this next one, um, and fortunately, the next one we recorded in January 2022. That's um, almost two two years now, but um, but that one took a long time. Uh, first of all, I I had a lot of time writing, doing writing when I, during the pandemic, uh, 
Um, I re- wrote scads and scads of stream of consciousness stuff that I, I cut up in lyrics and, and put the songs together with Peter. Um, the songs that I came up with the music and then I showed it to Peter and he transmuted it, transmogrified it into his language on the guitar. And, um, and then, uh, Julie brought in a couple of, um, uh, songs that she had written with other people, um, No Mercy and These Evils. And um, then I, she and I wrote a couple of songs together long distance, like remote. She was in New Mexico, and I, I would send her the lyrics, and she did the music to the song Bitter and, and uh, Notorious. And then I brought in three covers I wanted to do. I really, Anita Lane, uh, who had been um, associated with the birthday party and the early Bad Seas with Nick Cave, had had a couple solo albums out, and she had just passed away in April of 2021. And I loved her stuff, and I really wanted to cover a song by her. And uh, we decided to do The Next Man That I See. And and um, and then we were I, another big. Uh, I'm a big fan of this English band, uh, kind of folk rock band called Smoke Fairies. They're a female duo. They're probably in their mid thirties by now. But um, they came out with an album at the beginning of 2020, which kind of they kind of got sidelined by the pandemic as well. That album was their most rock album, and they didn't really get to exploit it as much because they didn't get to go on tour. And, uh, but they had a great song in there called Coffee Shop Blues, which I loved. And, um, we, re- we covered that. And I'm a huge fan of Ed Cooper, who is, um, you know, in the Saints, the original Australian Saints. And, um, and he had other, other bands, Laughing Clowns. And, and he had also had a band called The Aints, which did more noisy guitar kind of music, more more akin to the Saints. Laughing Clowns was kind of more uh, jazz rock, um, to my knowledge, and kind of more eccentric. Um, but I had heard It's Still Nowhere from an album he did called Ascension with the Aints, and it was just this epic, epic guitar song. And I thought, damn it, I want to cover this. And... Um, when I played it for Peter, he he loved it. He was a fan of um, of them as well. And um, and then our, our our bass player ended up playing second lead guitar on that song. Uh, it's still nowhere. And we thought um, I thought it would be a great song to close out the album. It's kind of a big climactic explosion of guitars. And, um, very simple vocals. Julie and I don't even sing any harmonies or anything. We just sing in unison on those on those words. There's not that many words in the song. So, um, well, let me play. Kind of I want to play uh, "Bitter End." Oh, my. 
Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Chunk start off with Divine Horseman, Bitter End, Cheer Accident after that with Saloon. Excerpt from Invisible Show, this is live in Bergamo, Italy, August 19, 2023, Victoria Shen. Incredible musician. And finally, Flesh Eaters, because this was always my favorite Flesh Eater tune, Pony Dress. <laughs> Just love that song. I mean, I love this, the second album, all those tunes. But uh, on the first record, also Dominoes. That that song Dominoes, Dominoes yeah. yeah, that's a great fucking tune. Who's on that one? Dominoes. Uh, I think Joe Maris is on guitar. Joe Maris. I think that was one of the ones. That can can I ask you about him? Yeah. Somebody told me he's living in Idaho these days. Who DJ? No, Joe Maris. Oh, Joe Ramirez. I don't know. I'm out of touch with Joe. Yeah, somebody to told Joe me he was Ramirez. living in Idaho, which trips me up. Yeah, I play up there all the time, but people say, hey, why are you always playing Boise? I say, look at a map. <laughs> <laughs> I just, if you call him a tour more than a month, I just did my 68th tour. It was 68, uh, 58 gigs oh, in 61 days, 15,622 miles. I drove them all. So only 68 uh, tours more yeah. to go. But what, what is next for Divine Horseman? Is Divine Horseman going to tour all these songs? Well, uh, we'll see at the beginning of the new year. I mean, 
I, I, I'm not really sure we have the resources to go on a, a tour like like Dan touring throughout the country just based on uh, the the like Peter's got regular work that he does. He's a uh, art director on movies and commercials and he gets spotty work sometimes he doesn't work for months and then he'll work for two months straight like 14 hour days and um bobby's kind of in the same boat to some extent um our our, our new drummer who was actually our drummer live is somebody who played in the flesh eaters um in 1998 through 2000 on it, we did one album where he was a drummer, Ashes of Time, which came out only on CD. And eventually, Atavistic out of Chicago picked that CD up in the mid 2000 aughts and distributed it. And um, But he's a great drummer. He's, he's somebody who can really uh, kind of go toe to toe with DJ. And he had been playing with. Um, in the intervening years has been playing with a guy named Merle Jagger, who's kind of a, um, a, a roots rock or outlaw, you know, outlaw country type guy from, um, California. So you're, you're saying yeah. there's no, no divine horseman gigs. What about local gigs? Well, we have the, we have the, the, the gigs, uh, well, you know, we're playing tomorrow night, uh, which this may air after that. No, no, it's going to air, air in a couple local. hours. Oh, well, we're playing with Los Lobos tomorrow night at the Whiskey. Well, Fredo on drums them. nowadays. He's incredible. Fredo yeah, Ortiz. And yeah. that's uh, sold out already, unfortunately, for all you people who want to come, unless you've got tickets already. If you've got tickets already, they should come early to see Divine Horseman. And then we're doing two shows supporting acts at the Roxy in Hollywood, December 19th and the 20th. Uh, ah, the twentieth. I turned sixty-six on the twentieth. Well, uh, let me oh, ask you this: Where can people where can people find Divine Horseman information on the internet? Well, if you go to uh, yeah, there's in the Red Records. You're, you're talking about the label. If you go to the label in the website in the Red Records, okay. Yeah, if you go to the label website, there's there's a you know an artist directory and even on a laptop, um, all the people's names are very tiny. Okay. But, hey, we, we finally got Divine Horseman for all our handles on the social media, and we've got DivineHorseman.com, and I try to keep it up. Yeah, okay, it that's on the corporate personal. websites. I'm, I'm talking about your own personal. There's no personal Divine Horseman website, is there? Yeah, we have those. Oh. We have, there's a Divine website, but we never really do it. <laughs> is it called DivineHorseman.com? Yes, DivineHorseman.com. Okay, and, people. Uh, all our handles on the social, you know, media fuckers. Yeah, I don't like you know, using those fucking our, words our that everybody Horseman else too. does. You know, subscribe, hit the bell when it rings, fuck all that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, we, <laughs> I really I, can't handle I, that I, shit. I'm, I'm, I'm way into the internet, like the way that we're sharing information, but it seems like everybody's stooping to this retard level. We're talking like morons and uh, providing a grist for these shills or shills for the grist, oh, yeah. whatever. I, 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 well, you know what? There's tons of, of, of info available if people go 
to like for instance i've got four pages on facebook i've got my own personal page i've got a, a i know but that's still books, a corporate website books. you know Oh, uh, well. So if people want to go yeah, find yeah. that, they can. But, you know, from the Watson yeah, Peter. Yeah, well, the you know, the way also, I look at that, Chris, is like a telephone pole that you staple a flyer. Like, I have nothing to do with AT&T, but I'll staple a flyer on there. Okay. I love doing that. Okay. So that's, <laughs> that's the way yeah. I look at it. But look, is there plans to record any more Divine Horsemen? Well, I, I have plans. I don't know about the rest, <laughs> the rest of the band. I mean, I've mentioned I want to do another album. I mean, it's going to be next time. I mean, this latest album that you've been playing, yeah. Bitter End of Sweet Night, um, is a double vinyl album once again. And our right. last album was a double vinyl. So yeah. the next one we do, if, if when and if there is a next one, it'll be a single vinyl. Probably only be about 10 songs. Okay. And, rather, than, rather than 16. But I'm I'm hoping that by the end of 2024 maybe we'll have have something. I I don't know. I but you know when I've mentioned it to people in the band, they're not actually jumping well, for joy. Well, I have to come from New Mexico back and forth. And, you know, drive <laughs> well, look, drive, can, can I put the invite out? Money. I want to put the invite out. When you, if you do do it, will you come back on the show? We can play it and talk about it. Oh, of course. Oh, that yeah, would be beautiful. Thanks for having us, man. That would Mike, be beautiful. We love you. Yeah. We, we we have always loved you. So we big love right we back. Big love right time. back. So people, look forward to more Divine Horsemen. I got a hankering uh, for a feeling that it's going to come. I just know it. And good luck with these gigs with X and Los Lobos. Uh, everybody, it's been November 21, 2023. This is what Peter should keep you powder dry.